Hello and welcome to the Mike Dominic Show. I am, as always, and hope to remain Mike Dominic. Today is the 6th of August. This is episode 31, I believe. I hope. I hope that's true. Today I have a really cool guest, Chris Sells over at Google. He's the product manager of Flutter. Flutter, if you don't know, is basically a front-end development framework that works across multiple desktop and mobile operating systems, as well as has, as I learned in this conversation, some embedded implications. But please take a listen. If you're not familiar with Flutter, I really urge you to consider it. It, um, you know, frankly, I've been playing with it some and it looks really cool. Uh, this is one of the more fun conversations I've had in terms of kind of geeking out on uh, specific development technologies. The show is, as always, brought to you by The Mad Botter. You can follow me at Dubanuku on Twitter. There's a bunch of stuff mentioned during the course of the show that there are links to in the show notes. Uh, so don't, you know, you, you don't need to sit there trying to, to write down or Google out notes or whatever. If you need any development work done, please let me know at The Mad Botter. You can go to themadbotter.com. And I won't waste any more of your time. Here's Chris. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. So folks who don't know, who don't follow the incredibly, incredibly Viking avatar Chris Sells on Twitter, you're a, you're a product manager of what, Flutter? At, at a little company, right? A startup, I heard. <laughs> yes, it's a little software company in Mountain View, California called Google. Yes. Now, those are the guys, I, they're trying to get, what are they trying to be? Yahoo? It's crazy. <laughs> I know, right? I think... Uh, hierarchy of all the websites in the world is definitely the future. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. So, so you're working at Google out in California in Mountain View. Tell me a little bit about Flutter. You know, I, I have to confess, I have been on a journey of kind of front end development frameworks, and Flutter is one I only just recently looked at. Sure. So maybe we want to wait for the very enthusiastic Mo guy to go by. <laughs> I don't know what how much of that you're getting through on your microphone, but it makes it um, impossible for me to uh, hear what you actually asked. <laughs> That's okay. Let me, you know what, I'll make a note to cut that. So, uh, Chris, I've been on a journey of front-end development frameworks, and I just recently took a look at Flutter. Uh, what the hell is Flutter? <laughs> That's an excellent way to ask the question. So Flutter is, um, at its heart, it's a it's an engine for moving pixels around. It's a little library uh, written in uh, C++ um, that is based around um, uh, Skia, which is, um, you know, a, a platform agnostic library for taking advantage of the GPUs on various platforms, whether it's Android or iOS or, or Windows or or what have you, for doing high performance drawing. And then there's a text layout engine in there and a little tiny Dart runtime. And all of that forms the kind of core uh, library that is Flutter. And the idea with Flutter is provides this low level, high performance, high quality native speed rendering engine for building applications, right? That's what it is. In fact, you could, sometimes people call it the, the unity for apps, right? It is fundamentally an engine. Now, on top of that engine, we build um, something called the Flutter Framework. And the idea of the framework is it is a set of services, layered services, so that you're not, you know, um, drawing individual lines or pixels, which is really what the low-level engine is, is great at. But, you know, are working at higher level things with layout um, and rendering phases and uh, state management and so the framework essentially at the very top 
allows you to build uh, your application written in Dart, which is the language of Flutter, uh, against this uh, low-level engine, but with all these services and core uh, concept in Flutter is something called a widget. And uh, we like to say everything is a widget in Flutter. That's not quite true, but it's true enough for you know, discussion. And essentially what your app is a, is a tree of widgets. And that allows you to build using modern UI development techniques. It's declarative, right? You say, here's what I want to have happen. And you let the engine and the framework figure out the way to make it happen. It's a reactive. So when the data changes um, that is driving your UI, you're automatically called back uh, to draw uh, the UI with the new data. It's composable in the sense that Flutter provides some 300 plus uh, widgets that then you either build up to the parts of your app or probably what you're using is building higher level widgets that are app specific and then using those uh, to build your app. And then, you know, on top of that, what we have is a couple of design languages that we've implemented for Flutter. One is called Material, and it follows the material guidelines that Google has set forth for Android and the web. Okay, now, now when we say Material, like I formerly was a mobile developer, is it literally Material as I learned, you know, and we're going back like five to seven years ago for- Well, I know, mean, um, uh, right now we're busy finishing up our implementation of the 2.0 specification of Material, but yes, Got it. you go to material.io, Flutter is uh, excellent implementation of those guidelines. Okay, awesome. And then the other design language we support is one we call Cupertino, and it's meant to look and feel like, you know, iOS and, and Mac OS. I wonder where you got the name Cupertino. <laughs> I understand. Yes, I understand. Uh, you might be confused there. So the idea here is that uh, with those two design languages that we can be pixel perfect on uh, the two mobile operating systems that we support, Android and iOS. And the goal then with Flutter development is... It is a, a multi-platform framework, and I'll talk about that more in a second, but it is fundamentally meant to work everywhere that you want to move pixels. We have support out of the box today for production apps for Android and iOS. You take your same source code, you make it run on Android, it, it runs at native speeds. You know, if, if, your, if your phone supports 120 frames per second, then Flutter supports 100 frames a second with with um, smooth scrolling and jank-free animations and and the whole thing, right? That's that's the core value prop of, of Flutter. If you use it to build beautiful native applications. Or iOS, those are the two kind of production environments. We're also um, in beta currently supporting web. So you can take your same Flutter code and make it run uh, on the web for building web apps. Um, and we're also in various stages of pre-release across Mac OS, desktop, and Linux as um, desktop operating systems as well. So the goal there is not just that you can take that same source code and make it run in those environments, but we actually aim to be the best way to build apps uh, for these various platforms. That has led to a number of architecture decisions we can, we can talk about sure. uh, as we go on. But that's in a nutshell, that's what Flutter is. Well, well, so there's there's a lot there, right? So maybe just unpacking a little. I think it's probably best to start at the, you know, tell it to me like I'm five. I'll follow up. What the hell is Flutter with? What the hell is Dart? <laughs> Dart is a computer programming language. I never would have guessed. So if I'm a, uh, you know, I have a feeling, and just based on my own like internal statistics for the show, 
a lot of folks are like JavaScript developers, right? They're doing Angular. Uh, they're doing, you know, we don't need to get into a JavaScript framework discussion because that's terrible. Is Flutter like a derivative of JavaScript? I'm, I'm sorry, not Flutter. Dart, a derivative of JavaScript? Is it something else? Yeah, so Dart started its career very dynamic, very much like JavaScript. And it, it's still the core. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Angular, and there's uh, people you know, using Angular, and, and most people who build Angular use JavaScript. There's also a variant of Angular called Angular Dart, where people can write Dart code. And uh, we have a, uh, a very sophisticated, very mature uh, tool we call Dart to JS. It takes your Dart code and, and generates JavaScript. But Got over it. the years, Dart has graduated from being very dynamic to actually being um, statically found. And, and that is fantastic when it comes to building the not only, you know, a better developer experience for users, right? I mean, uh, TypeScript, for example, its core value is it adds optional types under JavaScript, and then the developer tools can do a better job, and, and it can do compiling, and it can do IntelliSense, and can do all the kind of, you know, things you get from extra types. Dart being statically bound gets all of those things, but it also gets on native platforms much tighter code it can generate. It doesn't have to do a lot of dynamic binding. It can do static binding, and that just gives you smaller, tighter code. And that's always our goal with, with Dart, to, to build the smallest, fastest thing we can build for every platform we support. Got it. Okay, so on an architecture level, when I'm writing a Flutter app, I'm coding in Dart, but I am not like running in a, you know, Electron-esque web browser session. I'm running in literally a native window. So when you are building your Flutter app for release, you get compiled native code. If you're targeting, right. you know, a desktop operating system, you're getting, you know, x86 instructions. If you're okay. targeting, you know, a mobile device, you're getting ARM instructions, right? Native code is coming out. However, during development, you're actually running just in time compiled against the Dart VM. And that's the reason that the Flutter team, when they had this great engine and they said, okay, we want to build all these services on top of this engine, they went looking at languages and they landed on Dart. And they landed on Dart because it's got this ability to give you the same semantics, whether you are doing ahead of time compilation to native code for release builds or just in time compilation during development time, running on a VM. And that's important because you want the best of both worlds. You want it to be tight and fast and small when you're targeting a release build and you're handing it to your users, but you want it to be a, a really fast reload experience while you're doing development. And in fact, we have a, um, a feature in Flutter and Dart called Hot Reload. So essentially, the development experience for a Flutter developer is they load up their whatever project they're working on, and before they write any new code, they actually run their app under the debugger. And then they navigate to whatever screen it is they want to work on, and then they start, go back to their, uh, while their app is running, they go back to their IDE and they start typing code. And as they type the code, the changes are made in real time to your app. So you can see what, how your app is going to look like and interact with it live as you write it. Oh, that, that's awesome for debugging. But then when I go to release, I'm literally sending, you know, a, a whatever the binary format for the OS is. Right? That's, so right. Like a, that's right. So that's why the Flutter 
team picked Dart as its platform because it enables these two modes. You have the best of both release and debugging and development experience. Interesting. So you had mentioned adding support for Linux. Now I can tell you, Chris, a lot of my listeners are Linux folks. Never, ever, ever ask them about Arch unless you happen to be an Arch user yourself. Just don't do it. Okay. Uh, what is the Linux support like? Is that just adding another system under the hood that you guys support? Or is there any compatibility concerns, anything like that? Or is it just straight up, I'm building an application, it's going to work at the end of the day, the goal is for Mac, Windows and Linux? And well, so the goal is what you stated. At the end of the day, Mac, Windows, Linux, Android, iOS, web, all support uh, production quality apps across the board. That is absolutely our goal. And not just that, awesome. but the long tail of, you know, embedded systems too. We have customers picking up the Flutter engine, you know, and, and making it work on all kinds of embedded devices. Really? Of all kinds, yes. Um, Could you speak a little more to how it works embedded? Sure. Well, I mean, it's, it's just an engine, right? It's an engine. And the way the engine is architected is it is meant to go kind of in the middle, Right, you build your apps against the top end API, but there's this bottom end API that uh, you implement to make it work with whatever operating system you're hosting it on. So if you wanna make it work on a Raspberry Pi, you just have to implement the inputs and outputs uh, to do so, and you can. Oh, that's incredibly flexible. That is in fact the goal for Flutter, that everywhere there are pixels to paint that we bring Flutter. Now, of course, there's you know, there's an infinite number of such devices and we can't add support for them as fast as they come into existence. However, as I said, because it's an open source project and we have an incredible ecosystem and a large community, we find people uh, bringing Flutter to new devices and uh, all the time. That's awesome. Now, do you know of any large projects that you can disclose, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, currently using it in production? Oh, are you talking about Flutter itself or the uh, embedded support or? Uh, either. I mean, what, yeah, either way. Oh, certainly. In fact, if you go to flutter.dev, which is our homepage, yep. and then you go to a page called Showcase, so slash Showcase, you'll see all kinds of very recognizable brands. Realtor.com, Tencent, New York Times, Square, Google itself in its Google Assistant. When you, you, you have a smart display from Google, that all of those apps are all built with Flutter. Interesting. Sonos, Nubank, eBay, BMW, Capital One, Alibaba, Groupon, right? I mean, uh, there's a lot of people doing a lot of great stuff. Um, Got it. So for my fellow consultants out there, you are not taking a risk <laughs> suggesting Flutter to a customer. No, in fact, on the Flutter mailing list, people have come looking for Flutter developers all the time. Oh, don't tell me that, Chris. I'll never leave you alone. Uh, <laughs> so what do I need to know? Let, let's say I'm... Well, we'll use me because I'm easy to pick on, right? I love Objective-C. I'm very sad about Swift. That's not your company. It's your competitor. I know we're not going to dig into that. But like I have a long, you know, I have a, a, a long background in programming, kind of lower level Objective-C, C++. -C. I do a lot of Ruby now and a lot of uh, Rust and Python because uh, we could talk about Rust all day long and people <laughs> could yell at us. But what's the background? Like is Flutter... You know, a thing I recommend to junior developers is maybe start off with like a Python, right? Is Flutter and I guess by extension Dart, is that an easy to pick up tooling? Like, is there good tooling for it? We have actually an incredible uh, tooling team uh, okay. for, for Flutter. And, you know, Hot Reload 
I mean, I'm a product manager by day, but I'm an engineer by night. I go home and, and secrets evenings out. and weekends work on side projects. I write Flutter and Dark Code, and I and I love it. And it's because the tooling and the support in the tooling is top notch. We support extensions for Flutter and Dart into IntelliJ, Android Studio, and Visual Studio Code. Uh, with you know, it's kind of wild actually that I can go to you know Android Studio and target the web. I can target uh, the desktop. I can target um, iOS from Android Studio using Flutter, right? If I'm running on a on a Mac or you know Visual Studio Code, uh, which happens to be the one I appreciate. I spent 20 years in the Windows ecosystem, so I like the Visual Studio key bindings, and off I go. Sure. All of the debugging, memory profiling, CPU profiling, network profiling, uh, being able to you know. You know, sub. Uh, I'd make a change, and unless by the time I tilt my head to look at my app running, it's already there. It's already pro- propagated to my app. Hot reload is amazing. Um, the set of libraries we have um, a growing ecosystem. Uh, PubDev is our package uh, system, and it's got more than ten thousand uh, Flutter compatible plugins and packages that you can then pull into your app and use as you choose. You know, it's all open source. So lots of times when I find, you know, a widget that's close to what I want in, in Flutter, I can just either take it and, you know, make it work the way I want or clone it and, and make it work differently or w- whatever I do. The, my ability to be productive in Dart and Flutter is astounding to me. Yeah, and I would say just my brief trying it out. It uh, I, You mentioned JetBrains. I use, so at the Madbotter here, we're a JetBrains shop. We literally have used the whole suite. It's the WebStorm plugin is awesome. Just want to like it's again. I wish the Rust plugin was a good, but we're not going to start. We're not going to start that conversation. Okay, so great. I'm targeting all these platforms. I'm getting native performance. What should I be and, afraid? And by the way, when you're debugging and testing your application, you don't have to just debug and test one at a time. We actually support multi-device debugging. So that means, and I was just doing this yesterday in Visual Studio. You can configure multiple debug sessions to happen simultaneously. So yesterday I cared about a library I was building, how it worked on desktop, how it worked on the web, how it worked in mobile. So I had a single bit of source code that I was debugging that was, I had the same app running on, it happened to be a Windows machine. So it was running on Windows, it was running on web, and it was running in an Android emulator simultaneously. Whenever I would make a change in my source code, the change would be replicated to all three platforms at the same time. Wait, you just blew my mind. Hang on. So I have one debug. Is it one debug session hitting three devices or is it three twin debug sessions? So Visual Studio allows multiple debug sessions for the same source code. So I had multiple sessions happening simultaneously from the same source code. One was uh, connected to the Chrome browser. So I was running my Flutter app in Chrome uh, on the web. One was connected to an Android emulator that I had running on my Windows machine, and one was to a native Windows app. And I would make changes to my one bit of source code, and those changes would replicate using hot reload to all three running instances of the app across three different platforms simultaneously. How would that work with things like, again, and I'm going to show my crazy old schoolness here, but like breakpoints? So you set a breakpoint, and then whatever platform hits it first, that's the one that triggers the breakpoint. Oh, I see. So it's first come, first serve. And then if you go to a different platform, if you leave the, the breakpoint in place and you go and trigger the same code in a different platform, it'll trigger again, right? So 
go trigger. It works the okay. way you would expect. Now, is that a feature of Flutter or is that a feature of Visual Studio? So it's a Visual Studio code enabled code. multi-device, or sorry, multi-configuration debugging. And then we've made that work with Flutter to enable multiple devices simultaneously. We call it the Flutter octopus. <laughs> the Flutter puss, if you will. <laughs> we had eight devices doing this simultaneously on, on stage uh, at a keynote last year. Oh, geez. Okay, so, and the advantage to that is the pretty pretty obvious thing if I want to make sure that my code actually works on all the platforms. That's right, right? I mean, if you're targeting multiple devices, you know, we see a lot of people using them for Android and iOS at the same time, right? So you do that on the Mac and you have the iOS simulator and the Android emulator running simultaneously and you make your change and you get to make sure that they work and look as expected on both platforms simultaneously. But you're not limited to just mobile. You can do it across all the platforms we support. Interesting. So, all right, I'm sold, right? You win. What's the first step? Like I, you know, you're a, you're a somewhat experienced developer. You want to get into Flutter. How do I do that? So I have been doing developer tooling for literally decades. Um, and I have to say that the tooling and documentation and samples, the developer relations team on the Flutter team and then the tooling team on, on Flutter are second to none. I've never had a, a more smooth uh, onboarding process and I'm for any technology, right? I mean, you install it, you fire up Visual Studio Code, you say, I want a new Flutter project, you start the debugger and you've got a running app and then you start make changes and then off you go. So, you know, I definitely would start uh, with Flutter Dev there's, you know, the docs, there's the getting started, you know, there's a set of tutorials, there's wonderful uh, documentation on Flutter Dev, there's a fantastic Flutter YouTube channel with all kinds of amazing stuff that comes out on it. There's the Flutter Dev uh, Twitter account with all kinds of tips and tricks and articles. And there's the, there's the Flutter uh, channel on Medium, where we have um, multiple blog posts a week, uh, talking about news and, and technical uh, knowledge. And then that's just from the Flutter team. And that's just a tiny fraction. You go to Google and type Flutter anything, and you are going to come up with, you know, a ton of community bloggers and tools and plugins and code samples. There's just so much out there for the beginning uh, Flutter developer. It's amazing. Oh, and as if that weren't enough, there's a... A wonderful, like 10 plus hour course on appbrewery.io, all about, you know, starting from zero uh, Flutter and Dart development. And it takes you through step by step building, you know, apps using, you know, the basics and hot reload and, and state management and, and, you know, styling and, you know, layout all the way through to how to use Firebase and advanced Firebase services and there's just a ton of resources. So that, the, that course, that Appbrewery course, is free. Google subsidizes it uh, as a we way will, to strap new. I'll definitely link to that then in the notes for folks who want to use yeah, it. Yeah, totally. So just curiosity. I know we're coming up on time here. I'm just dying to know. You know, I'm a little bit of a language nerd. Anybody who wrote a lot of Objective-C has to be because, you know, it means you hate yourself. <laughs> what would you say Dart is most similar to? Well, so Objective C is pretty different from every other programming language. They and it's it. better. I just want to. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it, right? I mean, Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> sets in uh, <laughs> on Objective C developers. I get it. No problems, right? It is a little beauty in the beast, but we'll just move on. 
you know, I, I just want you to know you're in a safe place. You know what? I'm on Linux now for a reason. We'll just put it to you that way. <laughs> okay. So Dart is, you know, like every modern C style programming language you've used, right? It's, it's a lot like Java. It's a lot like JavaScript. It's a lot like C sharp. In fact, we did early usability studies where we said, here's some Flutter code. We sat people down, you know, could you run it and add these features and, you know, write some code. 45 minutes later, they were successful. They were able to do all the things we asked them to do. And they said, oh, what programming language are you using? And they said, I, I don't know. They didn't know, right? Yeah, they I thought it was Java when I first looked at it. Yeah, yeah. they didn't yeah. know. And it didn't matter, right? I mean, Dart is this intersection of all of the best modern C-based programming language constructs. We've got first-class functions, closures, we've got... Uh, async and await, you know, classes and uh, operator overloading and extension methods. And, you know, um, we're, we're busy updating language right now for null safety, um, trying to squeeze null uh, reference exceptions out of the language uh, completely. You know, it's got all the stuff. It's got all the things. Okay. So it's basically what a classical C type language looks like in 2020. That's right. That's right. Okay. So it's everything you expect. I'm sure there's a bunch of angry Rust guys who are going to go on Reddit and tell you that your safety is not safe enough. Again, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Rust puts memory management, resource management on the developer. Yes, it um, does. Whereas Dart uses a more classical um, behind the scenes memory manager that handles it for you. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And Rust people, I'm just teasing you. I write Rust myself. Actually, yeah. I'm a big fan of Rust, right? Yeah, From I love Rust, actually. Things that it's for, right? I come from C and C++, right? So I look at Rust and go, finally, right? Um, we figured out a way to let the compiler help you do the right thing when it comes to resource management. I'm a big fan of Rust. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. I mean, if I can't blow up my code with some sort of weird memory issue, then I frankly don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why not? No, I actually do love Rust. The, the reason I was so kind of harping on the embedded thing is I'm currently using Rust embedded, and this is a tangent, but I'm doing we're doing this insane thing at TMB where we have Rust as kind of like the quote unquote safe performant language, but because finding competent Rust developers is actually rather challenging. Well, it's hard. Rust is yeah, hard. and we're a small company, so like Rust that doesn't make it easier. I mean, you probably have a better time finding. Rust developers than Closure with a J developers. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that's also the same kind of hardcore language geek kind of uh, language um, in that same category of it's just hard. But but again, with Rust or Objective-C, once your brain has been realigned, it's hard to go back. Yes, I hear once you've been re-educated, uh, <laughs> it changes your perspective. And again, I want to remind you, this is a safe space for you. You know what? I'm going to go cry as soon as this is over. It's going to be great. All right. Well, yeah, that's so I always end with two questions. One is easy. One is hard. Which would you like first? Oh, easy. Absolutely. All right. Easy. What does your workstation look like day to day? That's, you know, hardware, OS, uh, your IDE of choice. I'm sure it's VS Code. but So uh, my hardware, I'm a bit of a, I don't know, I've turned into somebody who collects hardware. I deal on a regular basis with about eight devices, a dedicated computer for video conferencing. We do a lot of video conferencing on Google and it's, it's gotten even more so um, oh, since sure. uh, we're all working from home. So I've got that machine on my desk. Then I've got a Mac and um, a PC because of course, 
Flutter runs great on both. And I have them in two flavors. I have work-related Mac and PC, and I have personal-related Mac and PC for my personal work, which is- Wait, so you have a Mac and a PC each for work? So you have four? Okay. So four laptops that I use on a regular basis. Oh my God, okay. Then I have my iPad 12.9 inch Pro, which is fantastic for all kinds of things. And then I have my uh, Pixel XL 3 uh, phone. So that's the hardware setup that I've got. And then I've also got a mesh network because I hate the idea of going into anywhere in my world and not having the highest possible speed. I'm with you on that. Uh, internet, right? And then um, from the software side, uh, of course, I go back and forth between Android Studio and Visual Studio Code. My, my personal favorite is uh, uh, VS Code, um, but I go back and forth on them. Respectable choice. Yeah. For, for my Python work, I'm actually, I literally had this on Twitter struggling between VS code and PyCharm because it's, I, I'm this again, tangent. I'm just shocked at how good VS code has gotten. Uh, and it continues to get better fast. Yeah. And specifically the Python support with their uh, PyLance thing is. Well, plus like, they, um, I saw that I haven't even used this yet. I'm a big fan of the notebooks, notebook style of development. Dude, it's awesome. There's a plugin for it on VS Code. That's too. what I heard. Yeah. I've heard that it's, uh, and that's come along fast too. Yeah, I am a over a decade JetBrains user, and I'm starting to uh, to kind of have a wondering eye towards VS Code just for the that notebook style development and this. I don't know if you do you do, you do any Python at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a product at Google called Colab that we that yep. is available externally, but started internally, and it's a fantastic place for slicing and dicing all the data that Google collects um, in terms of, you know, how do we make data-driven uh, product decisions? So well, and obviously uh, TensorFlow too, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Of course. Right. Yeah. All of that integrates directly. You know, all the crazy data sources we have at Google are just integrated internally into Colab. So yeah, I love, I love that style of development. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting how much they've been able to add in. Anyway, the hard question, what should I have asked you? that I either didn't know to ask to ask you or just simply failed to ask you? Let's see. So I'd like to say there's like five stages, the five stages of flutter, kind of like the five stages of grief. So is this after the Objective-C architects capture you and put you in a castle? <laughs> well, so, you know, there's these questions I always get because I, I uh, spend a lot of time talking with, uh, with customers. And so, you know, the, the impolite questions that I often get always asked in a very polite way are things like, you know, what the heck, why did you choose Dart instead of XYZ language of choice, right? I get that question sure. a lot. And we had that conversation. I get things like, you know, I guess the other impolite one is, hey, isn't Google just going to kill Flutter, you know, tomorrow? Like they've killed everything. Else, right? I mean, I wasn't going to mention Reader, but sure. <laughs> Yeah, that one I felt, by the way, I was a big fan of Reader. But, um, you know, the reality is every single software vendor kills products, right? There's only so many, as big as the perception is that we are, there's only so many engineers in the world. And every company, big or small, wants to spend their engineers on the things that have the most impact, both from a customer value point of view and a you know business strategy point of view. So we have to make hard decisions sometimes. So the real question isn't, you know, should... Google or any vendor, you know, kill kill products that aren't, you know, really the the best uh, thing to invest in in the future. We should obviously. The real question is whether it's going to be Flutter, right? Whether Flutter is on the chopping block anytime soon, because 
we have a lot of enterprise users, right? I reeled off a list of brands, big name uh, companies using Flutter. And I have an equal number of, of, of those companies that I talk to that aren't yet public, but you know, you'll be hearing about them. And so, you know, is it ready? Is it ready for the enterprise? You know, can they bet on it? And enterprises don't make, you know, six month bets or, you know, a year bet. They make five year, 10 year bets, right? And so they care. Hey, is Google going to get tired of this and, you know, go and, and invest in something else? And the answer is Flutter is here for the long haul. Not only are we seeing amazing growth externally, we've only been around a little more than 18 months since we released our first yeah. 1.0. And we're already at 500,000 monthly active developers. That is a huge growth uh, in that amount of time. Um, yeah, that's a lot. And it being open source, I mean, I would almost challenge the premise of the of the kind of impolite question of, are, is Google going to kill it? Because how do you kill something that's open source? Well, sure, right. And not only that, but it's not just Google anymore. We just announced a few weeks ago, uh, Canonical. In- right is using our stuff. Uh, they've done a big investment into Flutter for the future, you know, uh, making it work great on win- Linux of all kinds, not just Ubuntu. You know, they provided the whole shell implementation. We had a placeholder and we threw it away and they they gave us, you know, that, that code that connects between the Flutter engine and the underlying Linux system. That all came from them. And so they're investing big time and they're not the only ones. And they're not the only ones uh, on the future either. So, so that's externally, we're doing fantastically well, but even, oh, and we, I think we just crossed like more than 90,000 Flutter apps in the Google Play, right? In, Huzzah! The right app store, right? So, you know, I mean, and that, the, we're, we're something like 10,000 apps a month now, um, and that's increasing too. I mean, so externally, we're doing fantastically well. Internally, more and more teams at Google are betting on Flutter for the exact same reason that everyone else who has chosen Flutter picks it, which is they can be more productive building Flutter apps than they can building native apps. They can have fast native speeds. They can have beautiful looking apps. They have full control over every single pixel. It's all open source, fantastic tooling experience. And once they've built the Flutter and you know they've made it work for, you know, platform A, B, and C, or A, they can easily make it work for B and C too, right? So from not only is it more productive to, to build uh, with Flutter, but then you can take that same code and make it run on more platforms. And so, you know, more and more uh, Google is looking internally at doing this. I already mentioned the Google uh, smart displays, all of those apps you see on those displays. And this is, you know, the premier device for the Google Assistant, which is a big deal from Google point of view. Huge deal, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, all those apps are, are Flutter. Well, you know, Stadia had to build an app, um, a companion app. They built theirs in nine months for both Android and iOS um, with a tiny little scrappy team. Uh, super happy with the experience they built there. Lots more things that I can't even mention yet that are uh, coming from you know, uh, internal teams that are that are building with, with Flutter. So... At this point, Flutter is embedded enough into the internal of how we do a Google that we couldn't kill it if we wanted to. It's too right. important to Google. Too important, right? And it, you know, it's open source. There's no licensing fees. There's no kind of got you like you, you mentioned Firebase, but you don't have to use Firebase, right? Oh, you can have your own back. Right. So, no, I'm super interested. I mean, you know, as a kind of Linux developer guy, it would be I wouldn't be surprised, and I know people are going to 
flame me a little bit for this, but uh, if Flutter doesn't just become the default, at least for you know GNOME-based distributions like Ubuntu or Pop, or there are too many Linux distributions for me to list, but you get my point, right? Like, well, so it's interesting. I'm uh, a long-term Windows guy, and then recently um, at Google, I do Windows and Mac, and enjoy mm-hmm. them both uh, a lot. But recently, have been looking at the latest versions. Uh, Ubuntu twenty oh four is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, that's a uh, completely. I would happily use that day to day, and I'm on it. Using it more and more because it is such a nice operating system. Yeah, I'm on it. A, a derivative of it called Pop OS from the folks at uh, System seventy six, and it's. I mean, this is not a pitch for desktop Linux, but desk. It's never been more stable, right? Um, I. The one kind of pain point is native desktop applications because you end up running 14 instances of Chromium via Electron. Right. <laughs> it's right. not great. Right. So, well, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. to help you with that. I absolutely want to solve that problem for you. Uh, you said, what can you do to help? Is that I'm, what you I'm saying I absolutely want to help you with that. Let me see if I can work with the Ubuntu team and solve that problem for you. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I'm super excited about it because native, again, Every Linux user becomes an evangelist at some point, and I guess I'm falling into that. But the one big weakness is just native app support on Linux is is kind of wanting, right? So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what what uh what comes out of that relationship. Great, great. Well, Chris, uh, where can I point people to find you on ye old interwebs? So certainly start with Flutter, Flutter Dev. That's far more important to find uh, Flutter than me. He's so modest. I'm C Cells. My handle is C Cells on, on Twitter, C S E L L S. So you'll easily find me or C Cells at google.com. I also have my own uh, website, salesbrothers.com, which is uh, a blog from the 90s. Um, yes. Really still, um, I still update. I did is it on Geosites? There's something like 2,500 blog posts on that thing that I've done. Oh, my God. Thing, so I'm more on Twitter these days than, but occasionally I do some long form stuff on my blog. So salesbrothers.com. I'm in all those places, LinkedIn, Facebook, even feel free, reach out. Sounds good. And don't Google your hands off. I will put all that in the show notes. It'll be right near podcatcher. Great. Awesome. So Chris, thank you for coming. Absolutely. My pleasure. Happy to have this discussion and, uh, you know, good luck getting off the objective C. Uh, you know what? I, I might have to go to rehab for a while, but <laughs> I'm going to try. Uh, you know, what? I will DM you when I get my 72 hour chip. How about that? Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Bye.